Hey there, this is Zach from Cornerstone Assembly in Truro, Nova Scotia. Thanks for checking out this message. If you're looking for more information about our church, check us out online at truerochurch.ca. Now to the message. And over these past few weeks, we've been talking about what's next. Because, you know, often, I believe we have a sense of where we need to go, but we're not sure how to get there. You know, we have a, we have a sense that, that God has something more for us, but we don't know where we're going or how to really get there. You know, I, I want to grow deeper in my walk with God, but I don't know what my next step is to take. You know, I, I want to find freedom from, from past hurts, hang-ups, and hold-ups, but, you know, I, I don't really know where to start. I, I want to discover my purpose, but it's, it's so overwhelming, I sometimes don't know where to even begin. In other words, I know God has more for me, but I just don't know what's next. So this is a guide that's built with four steps in mind. Four steps in mind which will help you to do four things. To grow in your walk with God, to, to connect to the church, to discover your purpose, and to find freedom and make a difference in the lives of others. And so for those who missed the last couple of weeks, let me give you a quick recap. It's in the front page of your book there. You can see where we've been and where we're going. Step number one. Step number one is simply this. My hope and my desire for you, if you come to Cornerstone, is that you would know God. And I'm not just talking about know about God. I want you to know God personally. Like I said this morning, it's not just about the miraculous moments. It's the mundane moments. I believe he wants to know you in those moments and be known by you in those moments. So my first and foremost, I want you to know God. And not just personally, but publicly as well. By these people who are getting water baptized next week, I'm so excited that they've taken a step to say, I know God and he knows me, and so I'm going to proclaim it to anybody who wants to hear it. If you haven't been water baptized yet, I encourage you, would you take that step? Would you get water baptized? And if you missed that message, you can listen to it online on our podcast. Step number two, though, my hope and desire for you is that you would find freedom. And we talked about this last week because of the storm. You know, I believe freedom is found in community, and healing happens in relationships with other people. And so often we find ourselves actually cut off from other people when we get hurt. We'll isolate ourselves and pull back. But we talked about last night, last week, that the, the, the life of the church and this community of a God-centered, safe community is where healing is found. It's in relationships with other people. And step three and four, though, this week, that we'll be talking about, it's kind of, we're going to have to kind of do a bit of finagling with this one because of the, uh, the storm and the weather and the way things kind of uh, got pushed off track. So step three is, is discover purpose. Step three is discover purpose because God has created you with purpose on purpose to make a difference where you are. And we're all wired differently. We're all wired uniquely. The way you are wired, the way your brain works, the way your abilities and gifts function is completely different than mine. And that's the way God has made us to work together. Where you're strong, I'm weak. And we have an ability to complement each other and actually grow more healthily in active relationship with each other. And so we were supposed to talk about this one last week. But because of the snowstorm, it kind of messed things up a little bit. And so this week we're going to kind of move it into to number four. But, but you know what? That's okay. It's okay we had to cancel, because that step really is, is designed to be much more of a practicum. It's actually much more practical and interactive and far less teaching. And this is actually a good opportunity to talk about where we're taking this Next Step series, because this Next Step series is actually not designed simply to be a sermon series on a Sunday morning. But what we're actually hoping to do with this, and over the next several months, is we're actually going to be turning this into a Next Steps masterclass that will be happening after the Sunday services on a regular rotation for anybody and everybody that comes to this church and anybody that wants to take it. And I'm encouraging every single one of our members of this church to move forwards with taking these next steps and to take the masterclass when we have that up and running. Because I believe this is so important for each of us to grow in our walk with God. And so what my hope with this is, is if you have a friend, for instance, that comes to our church and you say, I'd love you to come, I'd love you to visit, I'd love you to see more about our church and say, well, you know what? I don't really know very much about the church. I don't really know, you know, what's their mission, what's their vision, what are they all about? If you bring them, I have a promise for you. I will tell them what it's about, and we can take them into this next steps class together, and, they'll, and then I will be able to personally explain, here's our heartbeat, here's our mission, here's our vision, here's where we're going, here's what God wants for your life. He wants you to know him. He wants you to find freedom. He wants you to discover your purpose. He wants you to make a difference in the world. And so that's where we're going with this, with this next steps class, and you'll be hearing more about this over the next several weeks and months as we are developing this and working with this, and I believe this is going to be fundamental for us as a, as a next step to help people grow closer in their walk with Jesus, no matter when they come to Cornerstone, and no matter when they connect to our church. And I believe Next Steps is the result 
it will help to open up the opportunities we have in our lives to experience and receive God's blessing. So this is really good. So we're, this isn't just a, a next step series, but we're going to be turning this into a regular masterclass. But lastly, we're going to be talking about make a difference, which is step four, which is what we're talking about today. A next step closer to God to find freedom with others, to discover purpose, and to make a difference in the world. That's why you're here. Listen, your life isn't an accident. We believe God has created you with purpose, on purpose, to make a difference where you are. And that's our first blanks in the book this morning, if you're following along with me. Listen, your life has purpose. God doesn't create mistakes. And your life has meaning beyond itself. And, you know, here's the thing. He's given each of us unique gifts. He's given each of us unique passions, unique abilities. And all of us were created by God in order to make a difference in the life of another person. I believe this is so important. And the purpose of this session, the purpose of this one in particular, is to provide you with a clear next step so that you can, you can connect with a team where you can use your gifts that God has given you in order to serve others and make a meaningful difference in somebody else's life. And this session really builds on what we would have covered in the last week's one, uh, which we had to skip, unfortunately, because in last week's session, we would have talked about your unique shape. Now, my shape is a line. I'm a stick. That's my shape. Your shape might be square. Your shape might be a little more round. Either way, you all have a unique shape. But when I'm talking about shape, I'm not talking about my body shape. I'm talking about our unique shape that God has given us. We put that one up on the screen. A shape is our, our spiritual gifts. It's our, our hearts. Our passions, you know, the God-given uh, passions that we have in our lives. It's our, our natural abilities, our natural skills, our learned skills over time. It's our, our personality. You have a unique personality that's different to somebody next to you. And you have unique experiences that you've been through in life. Unique life experiences, unique ministry experiences. That's your shape. Everyone has a different shape in their life. And God has created you with a unique shape so that you can understand what God's purpose is for your life. Your shape helps indicate where your fit is. And different people will fit in different places because of their different shape. And when we get the Next Step series up and running, you'll have the opportunity to discover what your shape is and to understand how God has uniquely wired you. And then you'll have the opportunity beyond that to not only discover what your shape is, but to also find your place. Because the place that God has prepared for you, where only you can uniquely fit. Here's the truth you need to understand this morning. God has given you a place where your unique abilities and passions can impact others. That's the thing. And we believe your life will never really make sense until you find, until you develop, and until you fulfill your purpose. You see, you might spend your whole life floating around, floating between jobs, floating between trying multiple things, you know, just, just aimlessly working and striving at, at something, but never really hitting the mark. I remember there was a period of my life when I was in that moment. I remember it was just after, just after high school. I was looking for my job. I was looking for where I needed to go. I was looking for college and, and what I needed to figure my life out. I was working at a, a car dealership at the time. And I'm cleaning snow off of cars, and I'm cleaning mud off of cars, and I'm thinking, there has to be more to my life than this. I know God has created me with a unique shape, a unique abilities, unique passions, unique drives. There's got to be more to my life than what I'm currently doing. My life didn't make sense because I hadn't yet discovered that place that God had for me, for me to use my gifts and abilities for his purpose. Your job might not be fulfilling. Your, your, your marriage might always fall short on some level. Your, your life will never measure up to what you think it can be until you understand what God has made you for. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, Paul says it to the early church like this. I love the way he says this. For we are God's masterpiece. Can we say that again together? For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Listen, somebody needs to hear this this morning. You're a masterpiece. You're a work of art. God doesn't create mistakes. Now, I might be a Pablo Picasso. You might be a Leonardo da Vinci. (laughs) But all the same, God makes something beautiful when he made you. And he wants to continue to make something beautiful in your life. When God looks at you, he doesn't see a mistake. He doesn't see a mess up. He doesn't see a failure. He sees a masterpiece. He sees a work of art. And he's created you. Paul says God has created you with purpose, 
on purpose, so that you can do something beyond yourself on purpose, so that we can do the good things, the good things that actually he planned for you to do long ago. He's had good things in mind for you from the moment he made you. He's, I made you with a fit. I made you with a shape. You're going to fit into this so perfectly. It's like stepping into a new pair of shoes. It's just the, just the perfect fit. Like they've just been made for you. Anybody ever got a new pair of shoes and you stepped into them? And you're like, oh, wow, these are good. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah? You get a new pair of running shoes, and you're like, this is the perfect fit. And it's just so comfortable. It's like you're walking around in those, and you're like, you're getting your new Nikes on. You're feeling just like super fly. It's like, it's amazing, right? You know what I'm talking about? And when you step into those new shoes, it's like you're flying so high, it's effortless. You feel like you could run a marathon, even though you know you can't do it, because you haven't been on a treadmill in a couple years. Anybody with me this morning? Come on. It's, that's what it's like to discover your purpose and discover your, your shape and just to step into it. Listen, God has, has prepared something for you. God has something for you to do that not only fits great, but makes you feel like you're alive. And God has that unique purpose and that unique role for each and every one of us. He had it for you long ago. He set it apart for you. He's prepared it for you. And now he's just waiting for you to step into it. He's just waiting for you to, to discover that, to, to, to take a step, to find your fit, to make a difference in the life of somebody else. And I believe if you do that, I believe if you, if you get involved, when you take a step, you, you're going to find something happening in your life. You're going to find you're actually growing in your walk with God more than you were before. You're going to find you're growing faster. You're going to find you're growing stronger. You're going to find you're going further in your walk with Jesus than you ever did before. Because our faith is strongest when it's active. Our faith is strongest when we use it on a regular basis. And if you want to grow in your walk with God, I want to challenge you today to take a step out from where you are and into what God has waiting for you from long ago. He's had it prepared. The perfect pair of shoes. Just that perfect fit. So let me tell you a bit this morning about what that looks like here at Cornerstone. What it looks like to serve and to find your fit here at this church. And at Cornerstone, I believe something very simple. I believe everyone has a role to play. All of us. Every single one of us. You need to understand something about the way this church runs. Cornerstone is not run by pastors. You might look at me on the stage and think, wow, Zach is the one that runs the church. I don't. I'm the one that administrates and oversees and leads, but I don't run the church. Cornerstone isn't run by pastors, but by a team, a team of talented, hardworking, driven people that we call our Cornerstone crew, our Cornerstone crew. And these are people responsible for everything that happens here on a Sunday morning. Listen, this church could not function without our Cornerstone crew. They're the ones that serve the coffee. They're the ones that print the papers. They're the ones that run the sound and run this projector that you're looking at so wonderfully right now. They're the ones that keep the pews clean. They're the ones that keep the heat on and the lights on. They're the ones that say, you know, I'm going to clean our church. I'm going to love our students. I'm going to disciple our kids. I'm going to care for the sick. This is our Cornerstone crew. And here at Cornerstone, every member is a minister of God's grace. Every single one of you. Now, you might be saying right away, you might be one of our team members, and you say, well, Zach, you know what? I, that, that's great. I, I, minister, I'm not comfortable with that language, though. Zach, you're the minister. You went to school. You, you're a, a, a minister, but I, I'm not a minister. That, that's so formal, but here's the truth. Yes, you are. You are a minister. Every cup of coffee, every caring word, every single moment of love and act of kindness is ministering the love of God to someone else, just as God ministers to you. And nothing is excluded from this either. Not a single thing, because we know at Cornerstone that every task is important. Every task is important. And those that serve on our cafe team know this. They know it is more than just a cup of coffee. They know it is a connection point. It is a conversation. It is making someone far from God feel welcome so that they might experience the love and grace of God as they come in and can find hope and love in Jesus Christ. That's what that's about. Every task is important, and every member is a 10 at some area. Listen, you might not think you have something to give. You might not think, well, you know, it's, I, I don't have much to do. I don't know if I can do something, but the reality is you really do. You might just not have found it yet. 
You might not just have found what that one thing is that you are a perfect 10 at. You know when you give them the Olympics and they do all these different gymnastics routines and they land perfect and they get that applause and they have that perfect pose and then the judges, what do they do? They raise their cards and if it was really good, they give them a, they give them a 10, right? They give them a 10 because they just nailed it so perfectly. And when you find your fits, when you find that role and you step into what God has for your life, you just begin to watch as you thrive within that place. Because you're a perfect 10 in that area. Listen, not everyone is a 10 at everything. But everyone's a 10 at something. You've got something you can do. Listen, don't put me in charge of the care team. I'm only a 2 within that area. But you put Terry on that team, and he thrives. He just blows up. You just watch as people step into their role. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he says this. He says, look, now God gives us many kinds of special abilities. And there are different kinds of service to God. We talk about ministry. Different kinds of ministering to the Lord. Different kinds of ministry and service to the Lord by serving others. And then he says this. I love this. He says, all of you together are the one body of Christ. Can we say this last line together? And each one of you is a separate and necessary part. Every member's a minister. Every task is important. And everyone has an area where they shine as a perfect 10. Over the last few years of me serving at Cornerstone, I've actually had the opportunity now to serve on a, a number of our teams. And I've just, I've really loved to see the, the culture of teamwork that is, is developed here at Cornerstone over these last several years. And one of these teams I've had the opportunity to serve on most often is actually our, our youth team. I don't know if you know this, but on Tuesday nights, we have a youth group that gathers every single week from 7 to uh, 8.30, and we get anywhere from 20 to 30 students, teenagers, grade 7 to grade 12, that will come out, and we'll have a great time, we'll, we'll celebrate, we'll laugh, we'll be goofy, we'll have games, but we'll also pray together, and we'll have conversations together about meaningful things, about life issues, and we encourage and challenge these students to grow closer in their walk with God. And, and I love serving alongside this dedicated team of volunteers that gives of their week every Tuesday to make this happen. And here's what I've come to notice about this team, but also in every other team in the church. Number one, we are followers of Jesus. And you know, our, our direction might be different. Our, our destination might be different, but our direction is the same. Our journeys are different along the way, the way that we get there, but our direction is always the same. We're followers of Jesus. First and foremost, we love God, and we're just doing our best to follow him. You know, we might go through different life circumstances, different journeys, different moments of life, but we are all moving in the same direction, which is just closer and closer to God. We're followers of Jesus. But secondly, we are a community of friends. And on the Cornerstone crew, we value relationships over roles. I love my youth leaders' meetings with my team. We get together about once a month, and we, get to, and we talk about the different issues that are coming up. And I love those meetings because they never go on time. They almost always go over because we can't shut up, and we're talking so much, and we're laughing together, and we're having a fantastic time just joking and sharing life and just having a good time together. I love the fact that we can do that because it's a community of friends. We're friends with each other. And there is no place where I have built closer and deeper relationships in my life than with the teams I have served on and with people I have worked with. And if you're looking to connect in our church, you're looking to build deeper friendships and with relationships with other people, connecting and serving on a team is probably one of the best ways to do it. That you can get involved and you can begin to get together as a community of friends with us. But number three, we are servants in everything. On the Cornerstone crew, our purpose is greater than our preference. One of the things I love about the youth team is they really get this. They, they, they really get this. This isn't just a statement, but this is something that is really in our hearts. Because, listen, none of us like every part of service. I understand that. N nobody likes picking up after teenagers' garbage, right? <laughs> you know, it's, it's not, not fun in that. It's not, no one likes picking garbage up off the floor, but we understand it serves a greater purpose. We serve a greater purpose beyond just what we're doing. The task itself isn't important. We're servants and our preference takes a second seat to the purpose that we have. I used to hate this as a kid, but my dad used to say this line all the time to me. He used to say, Zach, there's many things in life you don't feel like doing, but they've still got to get done. Anybody ever had a dad saying like that? You know, you're, come on, everybody, dad's in the house, <laughs> right? Kids in the house, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? We all had the dad saying like that. My, I, I used to hate that growing up. 
There's many things in life you don't feel like doing, but they still got to get done. And the truth is, now, now I look at that, I'm thinking, you know what? He was right. <laughs> no one likes picking up garbage after teenagers, but, you know, we believe that God uses it to make a difference in someone else's life. There are things that maybe we don't necessarily enjoy, but we know God is still using in it. And so I want to give you four quick ways this morning, four quick ways that you can make a difference here every single Sunday, whether you're serving on a team or not, although I would encourage you to serve on a team. I think there's a way that each of us can make a difference every single week when you come to Cornerstone. And these four things are so simple that every one of us can do it, and I believe we're called to do it, as a matter of fact, as followers of Jesus. So no matter who you are, what you think you can or cannot do, whether you're six or 106, I believe that this is something that you can do every week to make a difference in the life of someone else. And it's as simple as this. Number one, you can connect with new people. How many know it can be scary going to visit a new place? Anybody ever done this before? Going to a new place can be very scary, you know, and visiting a new church can be even scarier, right? I know that is very true for sure. Uh, uh, when we take the initiative, though, to connect with new people, to, to, that makes a meaningful difference in the life of somebody else visiting our church. Th- this last summer, actually, I had the opportunity, uh, we took some vacation time in July, and we went to Ontario. And we were in Ontario, and we were visiting some family out there, and had a great time. And we happened to be there on a Sunday, and we happened to see there was another Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada church there. And so we thought, great, well, let's go visit. We have a Sunday off. Let's just go see what's going on. And you know what? I walked into this church, and it was awkward. It was tense. No one said hello. No one greeted us. No one acknowledged us. We slept in, and we slept right out with having a conversation with one person, and that's it. And it was just pleasantries. Change this, compose this to the week afterwards. We were back in, in Truro. We were back in Nova Scotia. And we had another week off. And so we said, well, let's go to another church. So we went to Halifax this time. We went to another church. And this church we went to, there was people at the front door. And they welcomed us with a smile. They gave us a cup of coffee. They brought us right in. They introduced us to their friends. They gave us a seat. They said, here, come sit with me. They sat with us during the service. They walked us through the next steps booth afterwards. Hey, have you met our pastor? They introduced us to the pastor. They introduced us to their leaders. They introduced us to their friends. We felt welcomed in that place. I want to go back to that second church. I don't really want to go back to that first church. And I want our church to be a church like the second one. A church that welcomes people, that connects with new people, makes them feel welcomed, and makes them feel at home. Paul says in Romans 5.17, he says this, he says, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. I love this last line, for the glory of God. When you connect with new people, it's actually glorifying God. It's actually bringing him praise and bringing him honor so that they might feel welcomed in this place. Number one way you can make a difference with somebody is you can connect with new people when they come in. But number two, man, you can build a relationship with your team. Now this one, of course, first requires you to be on a team to serve, which I encourage you to do. But this is something I think is so important for us to do because real life change happens when we take a step towards intentional relationships. I think this is so crucial for us to understand. You know, another team I've had the opportunity to to serve on is actually our, our bridge events team. Our bridge events team serves in making our, our community outreach events that we do several times throughout the year happen. That's our, our fall festival where we had over 300 people from our community come out to meet our church and to meet people for the first time. Or our last Easter egg hunt where we had over 600 people come out to our community to enjoy and meet our church and to connect with them and to just build a bridge into our community. This is the team that makes that happen. And what I've loved about this team is the camaraderie and the genuine friendship that I've found among the team members. Because it's more than just a role. It's sharing life together. And they always open their meetings with prayer. They always talk and, and start with prayer. And it's not just a token prayer. It's not just, Lord, bless our work, and now we're going to do the work. It's, no, let's pray. Let's actually invite the Holy Spirit in. And as we've done that, we've had moments of meeting together where we are genuinely lifting one another up. In really heavy, hard times, which we all go through, we've had moments to, to stop and to, let's pray for a moment about that. The role is less important than the fact that you're on my team. And I need to lift you up right today. I need to know that you are cared for and you are supported and praying for one another and lifting one another's burdens in those really dark and heavy moments. That only happens when you build relationships with the team. We've shared together, encouraged each other, and cried together. That never would have happened if I hadn't invested in those relationships with those team members. Because it's more than just a team. 
It's my team. And when it becomes your team, you'll understand what this means as well. Paul says in Philippians 1 verse 4, he says, listen, I pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. When you're in partnership with others, when you're in partnership towards a common goal, there is a genuine support and encouragement unlike anything else as we lift one another up and make a tangible difference, not just in the lives of those we're serving, but in the lives of those we serve with and alongside. So number one, you can make a difference by connecting with new people. Number two, you can make a difference by building relationships with your team. And number three, you can empower others. One of my favorite things to do is actually give ministry away. You know, I just give, give more of my job away to other people. So I can do different things. So I can find out new things to do. Give, give opportunities, give needs, give openings to people. So I, I, I know God has prepared for them to step into. They just don't know it yet. And people will be absolutely do a way better job than I ever could at it. Uh, you know, one of my uh, favorite examples of this was actually with our, our, our connection team. Our connection team, uh, I, was, I was scheduling and I was overseeing our, our whole connection team, which is our cafe and our greeters and our attendants and making sure that people were here and were following up. And I was doing all of that by myself. And I was dropping the ball consistently week to week because of all my other responsibilities. And I'm also doing on top of that, overseeing youth and preaching and kids and worship and, and Janetta and all these wonderful things. And I couldn't, I couldn't do it all. I couldn't make it happen. And then I, I, I noticed a couple people that came up to me. I noticed Margaret and I noticed Donna. They came up to me and said, Zach, I've been noticing the last couple weeks. I love you, Pastor, but there's been no one on the door. And there's been no one to serve coffee. Can I do it? I said, yes, yes, absolutely you can do that. Yes, absolutely you can step into that role. Because you know what? You're going to do a way better job at it than me anyways. Because you have the time and attention and the diligence to make that happen. And I just stepped towards that. And you know what I've seen since we've done that? I've seen our team grow more connected together. I've seen more connections happen in the coffee. I've seen these two ladies just thrive in their ability and their gifting as they are using the gifts that God has given them to make a difference where they are. I love that. So if you come to me, and if you say, Zach, can I just, can I make a difference here in this area? I want to tell you already what the answer is going to be. The answer is yes. The answer will always be yes. It might be yes, but wait. Or it might be yes, but let me help you or walk with you. But let me say this. If you have an idea for an area of ministry, or you see an opening in our church, you see a gap, you see something that's not working the way it needs to work, and you have a heart for it, you have a passion for it, you say, Zach, I want to meet that need. Come talk to me. Let's figure out what your shape is. Let's figure out what your heartbeat is. And let's put you into that unique fit so God can use your life to make a difference in somebody else's. I believe God wants to do that. Let me, let me empower you to make a difference in the life of someone else. So that lastly, so that lastly, when you do that, we can celebrate the win with you. We celebrate the wins. Because there is nothing more exciting than seeing a life changed by Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus actually tells three parables, back to back, about finding lost things. He finds some lost coins, he finds some lost sheep, and he finds a lost son. And in each of these three parables, there's one common thread. When they find the lost thing, they bring it home, and there's great celebration. There's joy, there's dancing, there's singing, they throw a party. Jesus said in Luke chapter 15, in the same way, I tell you this, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Did you know, did you know there was a whole chorus of angels rejoicing in heaven every time someone takes a step closer to Jesus? Did you know all heaven is singing over you when you take a step closer to Christ? And as the church, we're supposed to be just a little pocket of heaven here on earth, just a little representation of what's happening in heaven. So that when people walk into this place, they can see a little bit of heaven here on earth. And so next week, next week when we're baptizing people, we're baptizing four people here at Cornerstone next week. When those people, when, I, when I'm up here on the stage with them, and we take them there, and we dunk them under the water, and when they come up out of that water, I want to hear the sound of heaven rejoicing and celebrating in this place with the angels as those people take steps closer to Christ. Can we do that next week, you guys? Can we go nuts next week celebrating what God is doing in this place? If we can go nuts for the Packers, we can sure as heck go nuts for people getting closer to Jesus, right? (laughs) 
So next week, when we dunk them under, church, let's make a difference by celebrating the things that God is doing in their lives. And it is as simple as connecting with new people, building relationships with your team, empowering others, and celebrating the wins. And that's how you can make a difference. But I want you to understand. I want you to understand that you don't just need to make a difference here at church. You know, I think I've heard a lot of sermons about stuff like this before, and the punchline always is, now sign up and serve at church. And that's good. I think you should. I really, I believe that God uses that to make a difference in your life. But I really do believe this is more than this. I believe that God has called you to make a difference, not just at your church. I do believe that's important. But in multiple areas of life. And he's shaped you and put you in those places on purpose, with purpose, to make a difference where you are. I want to actually talk about that for just a few moments, because I believe this is, this is so important for us, as we are understanding what our role is as followers of Jesus. God calls us to make a difference in this, and I want to conclude with this, this kind of thought and this picture this morning. It's something you've probably actually seen before. It's a biblical paradigm in Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, if you have your Bibles, turn there, mark it, but if you have your books, turn there as well. Acts chapter 1, Jesus is talking to his disciples just before he leaves, and he, he shows us this this paradigm that is just absolutely foundational for understanding how we are called to make a difference every day. And it's something you've probably seen before, but not thought too closely of. He, so he, he gives them this, and he gives us this, this mandate to reach the world. Check it out. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Let's throw it up on the screen. He says this. Jesus is talking. He says to his disciples, listen, you guys are going to be my witnesses. You're going to be my witnesses in three unique places. You're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And this is absolutely brilliant. This is absolutely brilliant. Because this is more than just a geographic roadmap. You know, this is not just ancient Israel. This is, this is so much more than that. This is a biblical paradigm for the strategic expansion of the gospel within our circle of influence. Now, if you, if you missed that, let me break that down for you so you can begin to understand it a bit more. See how this works. So, so remember when I said this. Jesus is saying this statement. Where, where is Jesus when he's saying this statement? He's in Jerusalem. He's in Israel. This is where he's hanging out. So this is, this is his home. This is, this is home base for him. This is home base for the disciples. This is, this is their place of reference. This is the place they're most familiar with and the most comfortable with. And Jesus says, listen, I'm calling you to make a difference. I'm calling you to make a difference in the lives of other people. But I want you to start in Jerusalem. I want you to start, number one, in our home. I want you to start at home. He says, this is the place closest to you. This is the place you know best. This is the place you you live. This is where you work. This is where you play. I want you to start there. And so for us, for us as a local church planted here in Truro, and we believe our mission and our mandate, first and foremost, to make a difference here at home. Listen, that doesn't mean that we, we don't care about other areas of influence like international missions or, or church planting. No, we do. We do care about those things. I'm going to get to that in just a moment. But Jesus says, when you are my representatives, make a difference first and foremost at home. In Jerusalem, in Truro. That's where we make a difference first. And the primary way we reach our town is through Sunday services and through bridge events. And God has seen it so fit, for whatever reason, to bring you here, to plant us here, to put this church in this place at this time, to make a difference here. And it's our responsibility to do everything short of sin to reach people far from God. That's what my heartbeat is for this town. And so, would you invite a friend next week to our Sunday services? Because next week, we're having water baptisms. We're gonna, they're going to have the opportunity to hear the gospel four times expressed in someone's life. And they'll have an opportunity to hear what it means to have their sins wiped away and their life restored and made new in Christ. Would you invite a friend to our Sunday service next week? But then Jesus says, listen, don't stop there. Don't stop with Sundays, because that's good, but if you've made a difference in your town, I want you to move out. Move out from there, move on to Judea, and move on to Samaria. So Judea, Judea was their province, and Samaria was their kind of extended reach of the Israeli nation. In other words, after you've made a difference at your home, after that, make a difference in your province. And then make a difference in your region and in your nation. So for us, for us, that's Nova Scotia. Make a difference in Nova Scotia. And then we also seek to make a difference in our whole maritime region, you know, New Brunswick and Prince Edward Island as well. Maybe we'll include Newfoundland if we allow us to. And of course, our country and our nation. 
We pray for our country. We pray to seek a difference made in Canada. And because we know this task is so much larger than anything we could do by ourselves, because to make a difference in our country, how could one local church do that? Because we know it's bigger than ourselves, we see the value of affiliation with a denomination to help support us in doing this task. And that's why we are a part of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, one of the largest movements in our country. It's the denominational move across the country made up of local churches with this same heartbeat. We're seeking to reach our nation. We're seeking to reach our Judea and Samaria. We're seeking to reach our country. And the primary way we're going to do that is reach our nation is by supporting new and existing churches through the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, but also seeking to invest in leaders and churches that are already around. I've had the opportunity on, on multiple occasions to work very closely with, with Rebecca, who's here today, and, and Jim, who work at our district office. And they have the opportunity to support district movements, to support the next generation of leaders, to build our churches, and to help be a part of something bigger than just us. Listen, you need to understand, what you do here to support this local church doesn't just support us. It is reaching people far from God in parts of this province, parts of the Maritimes, and parts of Canada and the world. Jesus says, start at your home, but then move out from there. Reach your region, reach your nation, but then lastly, I want you to go to the ends of the earth. He says, go to the ends of the earth and reach our world. Mark said in, uh, Jesus said in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, he says, Jesus said to his followers, he said, go everywhere into the world and tell the good news to everyone. Because listen, this hope and this joy cannot be contained to the four walls of this church. It has to go out to people far from God, to every corner of the world. Everyone needs to know. The primary way we're looking to do that is through strategic missions, that Cornerstone invests a portion of its in missions work in all around the world and to reach unreached people groups, children and church planting. In the past, this has looked like supporting teams and sending them to Dominican. This is by supporting uh, long-term missionaries in, in South America, Africa, and Europe. And, and all of that is with the goal of making difference in the lives of people close, near, and far. And my hope is that you would join us in making a difference. My hope is that you would join us in making a difference in Truro, in the Maritimes, in Canada and the world. But I also hope, I also hope, that you make this personal. Because while I, while I believe this is the mission of the church, I also believe this is the mission of every follower of Jesus. This isn't, this isn't just the, the church's job to do this. This is our job to do this. This is, this is my job to do this. And remember when I said at the beginning, this, this model, it's not just a geographic roadmap, it's a biblical paradigm. It's a paradigm, it's a model for us to follow to actually reach the people that matter most to us and that God has put in our lives to be in relationship with. Another way to say that is we believe that God has given each of us a circle of influence. A circle of influence. And these are, these are God-given relationships, God-given opportunities where you have the potential to make a difference in someone's life. And this is so crucial for us to understand. This is, this is so important because your life will never make sense until you understand the circle of influence that God has given you and the difference he's called you to make within that circle of influence. And listen, all of us have a circle of influence. All of us. And all of us starts with Jerusalem. Jerusalem is close. Those are those closest relationships. So I want to ask you this morning, what's your Jerusalem? What are your closest relationships in life? Jesus says, I want you to start there. I want you to start with your family your kids, your husband, your wife. I want you to start with that. I want you to start with your spouse. I want you to start with your kids. I want you to start with the so immediate relationships. Start there. Because you can love your town, you can love your country all you want, but if you're not loving your family, you're missing the point. I've given you these relationships on purpose, with purpose. These relationships should always be your first priority, and if they're not, something needs to change. Something needs to shift. Your spouse. Your spouse should always be your first priority. Married people in the house, put things aside if your spouse is not first in your life. If your spouse is not first, something has to shift. Something has to change so that you can make room to spend with them. I've talked about scheduling one date night a week with your spouse. I've talked about this before. How many think 20 bucks a week is a lot to spend on a date night? For a babysitter, maybe? How about things 20 bucks is a lot to spend on your marriage? 
you know, to invest in your marriage once a week, two hours a week with your spouse for childcare. You know, I think, I think that's so important to, to take that time just to carve it into a week and say Thursday nights, for me and Alander, it's Thursday nights. We take time on Thursdays and we don't put anything else on those nights. If we do have something on those nights, we move it to Friday night and we reschedule it so we have it and we spend that time together. Spouses, married people in the house, put your spouse first. Invest in that relationship. Jesus says that is your first priority. Secondly is your kids. Parents in the house. Make a difference in the lives of your kids. Uh, and this isn't anything big either. Like This is just simply spending time with them. I remember some of the most impactful moments in my life with my dad were spent on afternoon Saturday trips to Home Depot. He'd say, Zach, I gotta get some fence posts, I gotta get some wood, I gotta get some tools, why don't you come with me? And the two of us would just go together to Home Depot, we'd just spend some time together, we'd stop at Wendy's afterwards, pick up a Frosty, and those were the best moments I had with my dad. And those conversations we had in the car were some of the most life-changing moments I had as well. Parents, take your kid on a date. Fathers, take your daughter on a date. That's so important in their life just to pour into them and to love on them and to say, I'm just going to spend time in you. I'm seeking to make a difference here. You're my first priority. That's the first thing. Some of us, the best memories I have are in those moments. When you do that, it makes a difference. Those closest relationships are your priority. There's a space there in your book, and I want you to consider, what's your Jerusalem? What's your closest priority? What's your closest relationships? All of us have one. But secondly, all of us have a Judea Samaria, which is the nearest proximity relationships, nearest in proximity to us. So so these are the people that you know them, you see them every day, you maybe sit beside them, you work with them, you rub shoulders with them. This is like your neighbors next door to you. This is my neighbors who actually recently their cat got lost outside and passed away. It's been really sad and I've actually had the opportunity as a result of that really tragic moment to, to see them more often, to have conversations with them, and to, to pray with them, and to encourage them. These are people in, in proximity to you. This is your, your co-worker that you sit next to every single day at lunch, or next to you at your cubicle, or next to you at your booth. This is your classmate that you sit next to in school at lunchtime. These are the people you, you rub shoulders with every single moment. These are the people that might be as simple making a difference in their life is like buying them a cup of coffee, you know? Or you're just sitting with your co-worker, sitting next to that new kid at school that new kid that, that feels kind of awkward. Or maybe it's, it's shoveling your neighbor's driveway because you know they can't really do it for themselves. You know, we rub shoulders with these people every day. That's no accident. God has put you there on purpose to make a difference in those proximity relationships. He's placed you there on purpose with purpose to make a difference in those places. God's given you someone in that proximity circle. But lastly of all, all of us have a farthest reach. This, this farthest reach that you can touch and actively make a difference. And these are opportunities that arise within our community. You know, this is uh, homelessness in our community. This is low-income families that have fallen on hard times that need help. These are our poverty in our schools. Did you know that Cape Breton has some of the highest poverty rates in the country? That's in our province. That's within our furthest reach to make a difference there. Child poverty rates are the highest in the country in Cape Breton. And we have a difference, opportunity to make a difference there. When we do these bridge events, people come to them because they're free and because their kids can't afford to do anything else. But they make a difference in those people's lives, and we're making a difference there when we get involved and serve in those bridge events. This is opportunities you hear about online. This is lonely seniors in nursing homes that have nobody else to visit them. It's a need within our community, within our town, that you have the opportunity and the ability to meet. This week on Facebook, I, I saw Lynn from our church. She posted about a need she became aware of, of a, uh, of a community member that they just, their, their house burnt down and they, they lost everything. They didn't have clothes, they didn't have food, they didn't have some shelter and basic things like that. And almost immediately, I saw her post on Facebook and say, I need some different items, I need some different needs. And almost immediately, I saw our community, our church, step up and meet that need. Providing coats, providing bedding, providing clothes, providing shoes to make a difference in the lives of someone within our furthest reach. You might never meet that person, but you know that God's given you an opportunity and an ability to meet that need that's within your farthest reach. Most of us don't even know them, but they're within that circle of influence. And God has given you them to make a difference in their life. I believe that when you do, when you use the gifts that God has given you to make a difference in the life of somebody else, He works in and through that to use you and to glorify himself. 
So as the band returns this morning, I'd like to give you an opportunity to respond, to think about this a little bit more, and to consider, consider today what next step God is asking you to take. You'll notice in the back of your book this morning, it's actually quite a lengthy section. You don't have to go through it all right now, but there is a section there about all of our Cornerstone crew job descriptions. And there's some in there that are planned but not yet implemented. There's things I want to do, but I can't yet because I don't have people to do them. I, I, guess, I know there's someone in this church that has the heart and the passion and the ability to want to make a difference in that area, in that way, but I don't have someone yet for it. But maybe you might today see that and notice that and say, you know what, that's my zone. That's an area I could make a difference in. That's something practical I want to take up and, and lead to make a difference in the life of someone else. If you're here today and you're realizing, Zach, man, I haven't been involved, I haven't been serving, I want to encourage you and challenge you, would you take this step today? Like I said, it's not just the local church. I believe this makes a difference in every area of life, but I do believe when you serve within the local church, God uses that to make a difference in your life, to grow you in your faith, to connect with other people, and to develop and make a difference in the life of somebody else. I want to challenge you today. If you haven't already signed up to serve on a team at Cornerstone on a regular basis, would you consider doing that today? Would you consider taking a step forwards and getting involved in an area of ministry? And the way you can do that, on the back here connection card this morning, there's a little blank right there. There's a little blank that simply says, I want to get involved in this area of ministry. Would you put something down? Would you come and talk to me after the service? Would you even come to me and say, Zach, you know what? I don't even know what it is to do, but I want to do something so I can get involved, so I can connect, and so I can make a difference. Would you help me? I do want to help you. Let's work on this together this morning. I believe this is so important in your life. But number two, number two, would you consider signing up for the Hearing God seminar tonight? Would you come tonight? It starts at six o'clock. We're going to have table leaders there. We're going to have people to care for your kids. Child care is provided for free so that you can come and you can learn how to make more of effective of a difference where God has placed you in life. I said at the beginning, I'll say it again, God's not just interested in the miraculous. He's interested in the mundane. He wants to talk to you on your way to work. He wants to help you with your schooling. He wants to help you with your neighbor and every issue you have in life. He wants to speak to you in those moments. And I want to show you tonight how he's beginning to already speak to you now. Would you come tonight so you can learn how to make a more effective difference in the life of someone else? But lastly, lastly and most importantly, maybe you haven't experienced the difference that Jesus can make in your life. Maybe you're here today and, and you're just realizing, Zach, I, I don't know what this difference maker is. I don't know what that means for my life. Listen, he takes your guilt, he takes your shame, he takes your past, he wipes the slate clean. He gives you new hope, he gives you new joy, he gives you new peace, and he walks with you in your daily it's a life where you're never alone. You may have come into this place this morning feeling incredibly hurt and alone, but I'm here to tell you today, you don't have to walk this journey alone. Jesus is there for you. He took all your sin and shame. He wears it like a coat and he lets it kill him. It takes him to the grave, but he rose from the dead and he now offers his life to anybody who wants it. This morning, if you're in this place and you haven't experienced the difference that Jesus can make for you, I want to offer you an opportunity today to simply receive that and walk into that with every head bowed and every eye closed in this place today. If that's you, and you say, Zach, I don't know this difference, Jake Maker. I don't know the difference Jesus can make in my life, but I want it. I want to experience that today. I simply want to pray with you. On the count of three, would you raise your hand? It's not for everybody, but it is for somebody here today. One, don't miss this moment. It might be your moment. Two, make this your day. Three, every count of three, would you raise your hand right now in this place? Lord, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you. Lord, thank you, God, for the difference you make in our lives and, God, the difference you're wanting us to make. Lord, help us, God, to know what next step it is you're wanting us to take today so that we can make a difference in the life of somebody else. Lord, would you help us, God, to understand, Lord, where it is that you have placed us to make a difference, God, what our fit is, what our shape is. Lord, help us to be more effective, Jesus in that space. Because I know, God, that when we do it, you're going to make our lives make more sense. When we find our perfect fit, we get to walk into our purpose with new joy, new bounce in our step. Father, we ask today that you would use us, God. Use us to make a difference beyond ourselves. Use our lives. Use me. We bless you, we thank you, and we honor you, God, what you're doing in this place today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I want to invite the ushers to come at this time. They're going to collect the tithes and the offerings and our connection cards today.
But as they're doing that, as they're doing that, I want to take a moment to recognize those that make a difference here every single week. Don't worry. If you're squirming in your seat, I'm not going to call you out. It's okay. You can stay exactly where you are. But there are those that serve here in this church on a consistent basis every week. And as the ushers come to collect the offering, I just want to simply celebrate and acknowledge you and talk about the amazing team members, our Cornerstone crew, that makes a difference here at church every single week. In our kids' ministry, in our GLOW kids' ministry, we've got Brody Malloy, Caleb Hominick, Ethan Malloy, Hannah Hominick, Jennifer Decker, Jocelyn Hominick, Katie Dean, Kilby Vaders, Margaret Lyons, Megan Dean, Riley LeBlanc, Robert Holmes, and Twyla Dean. All of these people serve with Pastor Janetta to make a difference in kids' lives every single week. On our worship team, are they even serving this morning? We got Barry Reed, we got Bowen McMillan, we got Kawanda Cameron, Marilyn McNutt, Matt Holmes, Mike Decker, Mike Lance, Renee LeBlanc, Rhonda Holmes, Karen Ryder, Ethan Malloy, Hannah Hominick, and Robert Holmes. In our tech team, making the tech things possible, Alex Holmes, Martha Bailey, Rebecca Holmes, Brody Malloy, Caleb Hominick, Katie Dean, Megan Dean, Robert Holmes, Bowen McMillan, Craig Hominick, Laura McMillan, Ethan Malloy, and our connections team serving with our coffee. We've got Lisa Day, Cheryl Hominick, Chester Lumsing, Clarice Keating, Donna Singer, Doris Lumsden, Lynn Coxhead, Mary Lou Frazier, Ron Keating, Sandy Malloy, Sherry LeBlanc, Stephen Decker, Tammy Reed, Tina Reed, Jocelyn Hominick, Riley LeBlanc, Martha Bailey, Renee LeBlanc, Karen Ryder, Hannah Hominick, Ethan Malloy, Robert Holmes, Annette Ryder, our tellers, the ones that take care of our finances and our ushers. We've got Mark McMillan, we've got Paul Hominick, Terry Ryder, Clarice Keating, Donna Singer, Ron Keating, and Matt Holmes. In our administration to take care of these bulletins, we've got Sylvia Vader, the unsung hero of our church. We've got Lisa Day. We've got, in our care team, we've got Terry, and we've got Lee Lewis. In our youth team, we've got Nathaniel, and Alandra, and Chris. Craig and Laura, all of these people that serve every week to make a difference in someone else's life. Thank you. Thank you for giving of your time. Thank you for giving of your treasure. Thank you for giving of your evenings, of your weekends. Thank you for giving of your moments of stress. Thank you for making a difference in the life of someone else. I believe God's going to use that to make a difference in someone's life every day. Well, Lord, we bless you, we honor you, and we exalt you, God. We thank you for everything you've been doing in this place today. Thank you for every difference maker you have called and equipped in this place this morning. God, I ask that you would send them out with a new bounce in their step today, a new momentum, Father. Would you help us find our fit? Would you help us to discover, God, what it is you've made us for so that we can make a difference in the life of somebody else? Lord, use these people this morning, even as you already are, and God, bless and encourage them and fill them with your Holy Spirit to do so more and more each day. We honor you, God. We bless you, and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.